This is the Oanda Podcast. Well, this is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we look at all the big business and market stories of the week with an Oanda senior market analyst from around the world. And today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Let's start with some breaking news this afternoon. The latest non-farm payroll figures and they make disappointing reading. The US labor market adding just 266,000 jobs last month and the unemployment rate edged up to 6.1%. So that is an unexpected deceleration in job creation, really, isn't it? It's failed to deliver. Very much so. And I think the, the knee-jerk reaction was, was shocking. We saw the 10-year uh, Treasury yield uh, plunge more than 10 basis points. Um, I mean, that, that's a huge move. And, and what I think you, you saw was that investors were, were um, you know, becoming very optimistic that this, this employment report was going to have a strong beat. A lot of the leading indicators, uh, some of the uh, employment components of uh, some of the other surveys we see were, was, was pointing to a, a very strong reading. Uh, throughout the week, all the consensus estimate forecasts would seem to be coming in above a million. Some are calling for a, a print of over 2 million jobs created. So you could see that the 266,000 job creation announcement uh, was, was a shockingly disappointment. Uh, no, one, no one anticipated uh, uh, such a soft reading. I think 700,000 was the, the lowest consensus estimate I've seen. And, and what we probably uh, are, are really uh, focused on is that, you know, the, the, the market was anticipating that if we were going to have a couple of really strong readings this month and next month, that was going to force the Fed's hand into signaling that they are ready to start talking about uh, tapering asset purchases. This employment re- report, while it's only one report, and, you know, there could be a lot of noise in this, uh, was... It triggered a, a knee-jerk reaction, but it also gave a vindication to Fed Chair Powell's extremely cautious stance. Uh, I think the uh, the, the market um, is is still expecting you know very strong growth figures, and that we're going to have a lot more hiring uh, take place over these these coming months. Um, but but there is a I think a, a big expectation that you know this this soft reading. Um, also provides some added fuel to the Biden administration, who, who will be speaking later this morning and will likely try to push forward to say we need that infrastructure spending. And here are the reasons why. Where we're, we're seeing uh, this uh, this labor market recovery um, starting to lose some steam here. I, I think when you take a look at the components, leisure and hospitality employment, uh, that's you know continuing to, to get out of their deep hole from the pandemic. Um, and, and they saw 331,000 jobs created which um is uh still you know impressive but i mean they, they still have a long way to go so i think you're going to have uh, a lot of people remain under the belief now that okay the fed was was uh was uh, maybe a closer to being right as far as uh their cautious stance and, and that's why you're probably seeing uh a, 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 you know that knee-jerk reaction that complete you know plunge in treasury yields a lot of that has uh um, uh, paired. So like now that the 10-year treasury yield is, is you know, back, um, now it's only down uh, roughly a couple of basis points. So I think you, you've seen, uh, you, you should probably still anticipate that the move higher in treasury yields is going to remain. But I think this this move in uh, some of these other asset classes are, are likely to have uh, further momentum. Do you think these lackluster figures 
will make it harder for the White House to claim that its initial stimulus, which was just short of $2 trillion, is working as planned. I mean, it could also validate its insistence on the need for further fiscal support, which you've already said. The figures have certainly been released at a time of, of intense debate, haven't they, amongst uh, economists and policymakers about the extent to which the rebound um, has really happened and whether or not it's going to trigger a jump in inflation. So there's all sorts of things at stake here. Very much so. And, and I think what you're, you're going to start to see is that a lot of people are growing a little bit more nervous that, uh, you know, some of these uh, uh, support measures are really derailing um, um, you know, uh, people coming to the labor force. Um, there, there, there's uh, still, uh, um, I think there's a couple states now that uh, are South Carolina, I believe Wisconsin, um, are, are looking to drop federal unemployment benefits. Uh, there's, 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 there, there is a, a portion of the population that is not, uh, you know, entering the workforce because they, they rather just, uh, uh, they may, might make more with uh, the uh, current uh, 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 stimulus checks that are that are uh, coming their way. So, so I think you're going to see that that debate is going to intensify. Uh, but uh, I think in in the end, uh, you're 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 still going to see that uh, in the end th there is a massive shortfall of jobs that are need that need to be created. And this infrastructure spending package does have some partisan support. So I think. Uh, you'll you'll see it mostly give the Biden administration some ammunition, but Republicans will definitely be able to uh, talk about you know we need to have more reviews as far as you know how many people are exploiting the uh, federal unemployment benefits and is it, are those people you know not going to uh, take on positions because they're out there. So I think the the debate is going to be uh, intensified. I think these coming months, but uh, I think. Uh, this, this should provide more support for getting uh, that infrastructure spending done a little bit sooner. And these figures, in sharp contrast to what we've seen in the UK over the last couple of days, set a very positive report from the Bank of England. Britain on track for the strongest growth since the Second World War. A faster than expected recovery. The bank raised its estimate for GDP growth to 7.25%, that it was up from around about 5%. So most of this is down to the rapid progress with the COVID-19 vaccination. The UK, as it stands, a combination of a very good rollout, indeed, of the vaccinations and a very willing population, about 95% uh, of those offered have actually taken the vaccination so far. So that combination, a willing population and a very good rollout has made a huge difference to all of our lives here and, very importantly, the economy. Very much so, and I think there there's uh, no doubt that the the Bank of England is is growing even more confident <laughs> with this economic recovery, and uh, I mean they were able to you know cut the weekly pace of its asset purchases. That's 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 a that's a big move, um, and I, I think that uh, it re I think based off of what you outlined, uh, you know, it shouldn't surprise many people, but I, I think uh, it leads to the next question, which is. When will they enter a formal tightening cycle? And I think there's so much momentum. Uh, you, you highlighted a lot of, uh, of the optimism that's out there. I think for me, one of the key figures that I was focused on is uh, how the BOE is, is looking for household spending to, 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 to jump the most since 1988, which was when Margaret Thatcher uh, was prime minister. So I think there's, there's just so much momentum here. Uh, and uh, I, I think you're probably going to see that... Uh, 
UK growth exceptionalism is is uh, is a trade that um, is likely to um, I think continue to, to to pick up here. And uh, I think right now there's uh, this a uh, little bit of a disappointment with emerging market. Uh, performance and uh, you're probably going to start to see a lot of investors uh, um, become a little bit more focused on, on Europe I think in, in, in the, the next quarter or two and, and that should be very positive for the British pound and uh, the FTSE 100. Particularly for the UK yes and uh, I don't know if you've kept up with the latest news as far as our uh, our elections are concerned but this positivity and the success of vaccinations the economy better than expected is certainly reflected in the results that have come in so far for our uh, mayoral elections and English local elections. It's it's virtually unheard of for a sitting government to be doing quite so well in a, a sort of midterm election scenario. This is partially the Boris Johnson effect. And of course, uh, the I keep telling you <laughs> about the, the vaccinations and, and the success of those. It uh, augurs well for the Conservative uh, government if we continue in this vein and the, the economy does recover in this uh, V-shape uh, remember when we used to talk a lot about V-shapes? Well, this, this is a genuine V-shape now, isn't it? Very much so. And I'm, I'm glad you got to sneak in Super Thursday because uh, I think that, that 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 is important. I think, you know, it is a massive win for um, Johnson. And, and I think you're, everything is clicking. You know, you, you have strong political capital there. And uh, I, no, I, I just think it just speaks volumes to, to just, uh, I think, some of the optimism that you're going to see uh, flowing for the UK. So uh, I think... Uh, Historic win, um, and uh, I think you're going to see uh, uh, UK is just going to continue to ride that momentum. Uh, I think uh, your your vaccine rollout and uh, willingness to <laughs> to take it is is going to you know lead the the, the next move higher for you guys. And, and right now in the US, we're starting to see a lot of vaccines sit in sit in the shelves. There's there's a lot of vaccine hesitancy, um, and uh, you'll probably see the US will. Be, uh, in a position to they'll they'll offer those vaccines to our neighbors first to 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 make sure they don't go to waste yeah you see they're evoking the old blitz spirit here in this country you know all everybody together that seems to be what it's all about can i briefly go back to the u.s though and we, we had some speak from u.s treasury secretary janet yellen didn't we earlier in the week and she was talking a bit about inflation saying it was transitory doesn't anticipate that it'll be a problem for the u.s economy and uh uh, of course, this is ahead of today's figures. It expected a rise in labour force participation as well. So I, I wonder if today's news will affect those comments that she made earlier in the week. You know, what was fascinating about Yellen's comments, and, and I think the, 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 the key comment that everyone kind of was kind of surprised about when uh, she made a, a rate hike uh, comment, which, you know, when you're the former Fed chief, uh, that uh, is uh, somewhat surprising. She's a you know seasoned veteran. She knows she's very careful. She does not make miscommunication mistakes. At least she hasn't. Uh, uh, and so, so I think I think you you saw that uh, it could have been a trial balloon. Who knows? But uh, I think there was uh, uh, Yellen is uh, I think closely working with the Fed, and I think everyone is in unison. And I think you're you're probably going to see that uh, this softer. Uh, employment report is 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 going to uh um be met with uh you know yellen's you know con, you know constant support of the biden's uh spending initiative and i think you're going to see that um there, there's there's probably uh uh just uh i think an extra 
I think, support here for uh, believing in that ultra-accommodative stance by the Fed and, and support from the Treasury. So, so I think you're, you're probably going to see that uh, this does support the cap that has been put in place for Treasury yields. And, and that should be, you know, overall positive for risk appetite going forward. Okay, can we talk about commodities now, uh, Ed? Um, oil has continued upward this week, although it has slipped back today, hasn't it, a little bit. What do we make of oil and the rest of the commodities? We're having a super commodity cycle. Uh, I think oil, um, out of all the commodities, you, you, we're, we're leading off with the, the probably the one that has <laughs> had the least amount of gains this week. But uh, but nonetheless, uh, oil has been you know tr- benefiting from uh, 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 vaccine progress across Europe. Um, there is uh, a market that you're you're not seeing U.S. production really rally, so the supply side seems firmly you know, uh, under control. OPEC plus is gradually raising their output. Uh, but, uh, there, there's, uh, a lot of optimism that you're going to have, a um, uh, normal, uh, domestic travel, um, globally, uh, with the exception of India, Brazil, and some of these, um, uh, countries that are currently still struggling with the virus. Um, and right now, you know, I think, uh, you know, for oil prices to really break out higher, you need to see, you know, India, the, the, third world's largest importer of oil, uh, have COVID uh, cases declining. And, and right now, they've, they're still seeing near, it looks like the curve could be bending. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's been some hesitancy on locking down. And uh, I think that's really kind of derailed the, the, uh, the move in India. So, so I think, uh, you know, oil prices, they, they really need to see, uh, um, you know, this, this, uh, situation in India and Peru because the variant risk is, th- is is still there and there's there's a lot of uh, um, concern that uh, that's going to prevent international travel for large parts of the, the, the world because of that. So so I think uh, oil is looking very still constructive. It's 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 likely to still have possibly another 10 percent of gains, I think, in the next quarter or two because of that demand recovery that will we'll crude, crude demand recovery that we'll see um, probably in the, in the coming months. Um, but uh, the, the the rest of the super commodity cycle, you're seeing gold prices finally breaking above 1800. Uh, gold, you know, this is uh, gold's uh, uh, best week uh, I think since December. We're we're, we're probably going to have a lot of more optimism that uh, because um, the recovery is going to be a little bit, a little bit more long lasting, and that has you know um, you know put a, a cap, firm cap on treasury yields. Uh, that's allowed gold to finally join. The, the super commodity cycle, which we're seeing tremendous gains on lumber, iron ore, steel, um, you know, I, the, the, the move in iron ore, a lot of that is uh, supply deficits that are in place and uh, you can't ramp up supply uh, for some of these commodities. So that's why you're, you're seeing a, a big move here. Uh, just, uh, it, it, it's, probably been the favorite trade i think this month um writing this this moving commodities and uh uh there there it looks like there's uh still uh um, some further upside here and uh, i think that um you're you're probably going to see a lot of investors uh uh still want to ride that momentum it doesn't look like uh some of these supply supply constraints uh for some of those um commodities are, are going to go away anytime soon now i don't know you were Quite keen to talk about Dogecoin. An appearance on Saturday Night Live, I think, coming up this weekend that you were particularly interested. What has that got to do with Dogecoin? <laughs> well, Elon Musk is uh, one of the, the biggest cheerleaders for Dogecoin. And uh, I think there is this uh, anticipation that uh, you're going to see a, 
a skit from Elon Musk involving Dogecoin. It will probably go viral. But for a lot of the retail traders that have been believers that Dogecoin is, is going to go to the moon, uh, they they were eyeing that uh, the Elon Musk appearance was providing this latest wave of enthusiasm where Dogecoin has, you know, already rallied, you know, it seems in just a matter of a week from 30 cents to 60 cents. And uh, the, the belief was that um, you were probably going to see it go to $1. And a lot of people were saying, don't sell at $1. Let's ride this all the way, um, you know, up to 2 or $4. And and what, what, what happens is... Uh, Whenever you see a, a big, big market or a big event uh, or date that uh, traders are eyeing, uh, and there's some disappointment where price does not hit that level, you see uh, a mass exodus of that trade. Uh, 420, April 20th, uh, was a, a key date for Dogecoin, uh, and it rallied up to 40 cents. And then, uh, you know, the, it was that same theory that they were people were expecting it to be much higher. And Dogecoin almost fell in half shortly after. So a lot of people are eyeing that you, you could see this volatility uh, take place over the weekend, which for a lot of people, this is a difficult uh, trade because uh, some people don't actually own Dogecoin. They're trading it off the exchanges. Some of these exchanges don't provide you liquidity on Saturdays. So uh, it could mean uh, for a very messy trading environment. So um, you, you're, you're probably going to see some follow through uh, in, in some other cryptocurrencies but I, I think in the end the uh, you know dogecoin will you know th this is a bubble but uh there there's still you know a steady stream of investors or or traders or or get rich type mentality people that think this is the next best thing and um it, it it's still getting a tremendous amount of interest so uh it's something that we'll cover but i, I think that um you know eventually you, you could see this be as a as one of those uh sell the the sell the event type reactions for for dogecoin so we'll we'll see um, what happens there and, and for bitcoin um bitcoin has had uh it's stuck in the trading range and the uh, fundamentals uh have uh still remained mostly positive for bitcoin but uh it just seems that uh it's taking a lot more it's going to take a lot more billions of dollars of fresh investment to really get bitcoin to move to, to continue to move higher so right now it seems that bitcoin's fairly uh, anchored here what about the next seven days or so, Ed? Uh, what do you think stands out for you in the next week? Well, I think for, for me, the main event is, is going to be um, the, the latest round of uh, inflation data from the U.S. Um, we're we're going to see the base effects kick in. So uh, the annual, we, we probably will see uh, inflation rise above, well above 3%. And uh, we'll see if uh, if it's a lot hotter than the 3.6 consensus estimate you could start to see a lot of people become joining the camp uh, that uh you know these pricing pressures that we've seen after you know this round of earnings season and uh, that you know runaway inflation risks are a lot greater than we anticipate so that could be a, a very interesting development um, also and that takes place on wednesday and also on wednesday president biden will have his first meeting with uh, both Republican, Democrat, House, and Senate leaders. Um, this is uh, uh, something that has been, uh, <laughs> uh, typically you have that well in advance of your first 100 days, but uh, it, it, you know, obviously due to the pandemic, that has been um, you know, delaying that. But I, I think this is where you're gonna see infrastructure spending talks really. We're gonna see whether or not it, there's a chance this could be bipartisan or not. So I think that's going to be key to focus on. Uh, there is a wrath of Fed speak. You're going to see um, a lot of people will 
you know, provide their take on uh, on today's uh, employment number and just the trajectory of the recovery and you know whether or not um, you know the you know the dovish stance uh, you know is 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 going to last even longer. So so I think that you're you're going to see uh, um, a handful of uh, uh, Fed speakers. Uh, Clarida will probably be the one that people will pay closest attention to, and he's also on Wednesday. We'll also see some key German economic data on Tuesday. Uh, the ZAW expectation survey is supposed to show a modest improvement. Uh, the current situation will also improve slightly as well. Uh, but I, I think on Tuesday, the, the main event will be the Queen. She will deliver a speech outlining the UK government's plans for the next 12 months. Uh, it, it's a busy week filled with uh, central bank speak. We'll also hear from the BOE's uh, Governor Bailey uh, and also a couple of other policymakers this week. Um, for for uh, central bank rate decisions, it's pretty calm. We uh, have the uh, Mexico rate decision on Thursday. They will keep the overnight rate unchanged at 4%. Um, and then uh, lastly, on Friday, I think it's a, it's a big round of U.S. data. We'll have Michigan consumer sentiment, uh, which is supposed to show um, continued optimism there. Industrial production is supposed to steady. And I think a lot of people will pay close attention to the advanced retail sales reading, which will come down to earth. Uh, the, the March readings were, you know, pumped up because of stimulus checks. Um, just uh, a lot of uh, um, pent up demand has started to, to be um, released. So uh, a modest gain in retail sales. So uh, I think sh should still, you know, provide a healthy outlook for the U.S. economy. And uh, that's been um, typically very good for U.S. stocks and helping helping stocks, for the most part, uh, maintain their record uh, path territory. Okay, and have a very good weekend and uh, speak to you again same time next week. Thanks, Nani. Yoanda Podcast.